One of my oh, your phone. One of my favorite new bits is that Dude, every. Can you go get that. Yeah, hold on. Not to be a dick. Oh, it's right here. <laughs> One of my favorite new bits on the podcast is um, how the start of the song is always wrong, and we always have to oh, redo yeah. it. <laughs> so I, I used to cut it out. Now I just leave it in. Yeah, that's cool. So here we go. Up, oh, psych out. One, two, three. Hello, and welcome to the Wet Bandits Podcast. We are two-fifths of the Wet Bandits. This is Wheezy. Slay me B. Oh, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, two-fifths of the Wet Bandits, the greatest 90s cover band in the world. Uh, this On this podcast, we cover discographies from the 90s. Uh, well, I should say... Discographies from 90s bands, however you term that. Um, we look at how those bands evolve or devolve. 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 Um, throughout their careers, um, uh, look at what is their best stuff, look at what is maybe not their best stuff, and ultimately, uh, we try to revisit uh, the things you love and the things that we love, obviously. Um, breathe new life, hopefully, into the things that we thought weren't that good. <laughs> Maybe a little refresher uh, makes us appreciate that stuff more and generally bring back the rock. That's the end goal. That's the mission. The mission that we're on is to bring back the rock to all of you. Dude, we should make like um, an acronym for rock. Oh, like make rock into an acronym? Yeah. Mm. Well. Of our mission. Yeah, rock. I can't do it on the fly, but. Resurrect <laughs> our center control with a k i don't know yeah yeah man that's the problem with acronyms you you can do pretty much whatever until you get to the last one <laughs> yeah then it's got to be you got to close it off it's kind of like the last star wars oh yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly it is kind of it's like man, well we got something going and then well, we better stick the landing yeah. no the control with the k that's what that's <laughs> what's your last name or, no, I, I blew that line. What's your name? What a weird way to end that movie. Uh, Not that we like to date ourselves too much, but The Rise of Skywalker came out uh, right before we recorded this episode, and we've both seen it. So spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, but what a weird last scene where... Uh, <laughs> where um, what is it? No uh, one has been through here in years. Yeah, yeah. And well, give me your full name. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> something I was watching that Kevin Smith thing. And he's like, for some reason, everybody in the galaxy now is asking who their full name. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, because of that thing at the beginning too, with that dance. Yeah. Um, did you catch? Uh, Kevin Smith might have talked about it. Did you catch? Because I didn't catch it. I only mm. read about it later. How it was. The first dance they had done in 44 years. Yeah, I caught that. And that was supposed to be like... When and Lando's f- there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lando. Okay. But what were you saying about the party? It had, That first dance in 42 or 44 years or whatever, that's how long it had been since A New Hope. Like, that's how they... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah. So, anyway. So a lot of Easter eggs. Like you said, J.J. Abrams is kind of like a fanboy. Mm-hmm. So, he, you know, he's going to put a lot of Easter eggs yeah. in, but... Um. Anyway, Sam and I both gave it a B minus. Uh, our movie review will be in our Patreon, uh, which doesn't exist yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, someday. Um, one thing that I forgot to mention to you, Sam, but I'm I'm gonna do what or we're gonna do. All right. I'm watching the timer. This episode, last episode, our Home Alone episode, which I deemed our worst episode ever. Not. It's not really that bad. Yeah. I mean, actually, there's some funny parts uh-huh. where we talk about it. But what it is is the least music 
Oh. oh, the least musical of all mm-hmm. our episodes. Um, so what I was saying was that that was on New Year or Christmas Eve. This is going to come out on New Year's Eve, and obviously you all were like probably at in-laws or something, or like grandparents on Christmas Eve, because a lot of people do their own Christmas on Christmas Day, and they mm-hmm. might, like my wife and I traveled to her mom's for on Christmas Eve, and we were watching. Just kidding. We d- I don't even have the YouTube up yet. But we were listening to the podcast there because that's what you do on Christmas Eve. You <laughs> listen to the Wet Bandits podcast. And I'm sure that rather than go out on New Year's Eve, you'll be listening or watching the Wet Bandits yeah. podcast. So we are going to do a 10-second countdown after this has been on for an hour. So you need to start this podcast at 11 o'clock p.m. Oh, okay. And then when we get to, you know, uh-huh. when we get to the time... I'm going to keep an eye on this timer and we're going to count down to the balls drop. All right. And then we'll celebrate and we'll start and then finish the podcast. (laughs) Okay. That's what we're doing. In order to make this work, there won't probably be any editing at the beginning of the episode. That's the easiest way to do this. So there probably is some empty space you had to get through to get to the start of the podcast, but that's okay. It'll be worth it to, you know, release that energy uh-huh. with everyone what, listening to the Wet Bandits podcast as you reach the year 2020. Okay? Taking us into the new decade is the Foo Fighters album that took, was the last of the 90s decade. So this yeah. like brought them in, and it was late. It was November 2nd, 1999. So oh, this sweet. is really taking them into 2000. Um, a, side, a side thing, a um, little side thought. Yeah, side thought. I love side thoughts. Dude, like Foo Fighters and Chili Peppers were like touring together at this time, I think. They were. I remember that. Yep. Oh, yeah. We kind of accidentally put those two together. Yeah. Like Californication 99. Uh Uh-huh. This is kind of like, this is also like getting to the last gasp of rock music being popular. Yeah. Right? So, um like I said, November 2nd, 1999, number one song on the Billboard charts, mm. like not mainstream rock, not alternate, on the Billboard was Smooth by Santana, oh. which we have tried to cover before. <clears throat> yeah. We did it once. It wasn't great. Um, with our new keyboard player, we could probably do it if we wanted to because he has a little bit more sound mm-hmm. capability, but that's neither here nor there. So Rob Thomas, a lot of people think of Rob Thomas because he's the singer, but that's a Santana so like. That was a Santana album where he has a bunch of guest singers and stuff. And um, that was the number one song. That was enormous. That song was mega popular. Really? (coughs) Yep. It was really popular, which is funny because, you know, Santana's an old guy even Mm -hmm. then. And Rob Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess Rob Thomas probably helped to make that popular. But even then, Rob Thomas had, like, Puka shell necklaces were kind of like on the way out already, and oh. he was still rocking them, you know, yeah. and like frosted tips, you know. <laughs> frosted <laughs> you know? So, tips. So it was kind of it, it's. I think w- w- every people are like, yeah, I like Rob Thomas, mm-hmm. past tense, you know. No, I don't. I think the like enthusiasm for Rob Thomas was on the wane, but maybe not. And maybe I misjudged that. Anyway, number one mainstream rock song, November second, nineteen ninety nine, was "Higher" by Creed. Which, dude, at this time, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but let's not forget how I've also made a pre-resolution to not say the F word as much. But I hate friggin'. Friggin' is really lame. Mm -hmm. So earmuffs, people, people forget how fucking popular (laughs) Creed was. Creed, I, I can't remember how many weeks it was, but... Higher was the number one mainstream rock song for like months going out of 1999. With, you know, there's still like good music in there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's... People loved Creed. And this was the first single off what... That was their new album at the time, Human Clay, which we've mm-hmm. covered. They were still... It's not gourmet. Only... No, Human Clay, <laughs> not gourmet. Um, their first album, uh, My Own Prison... Ha- was still having singles released like weeks before this album came out. What the heck? Yeah, so like the number one mainstream rock song in 
on dude i'm i'm just gonna look it up because i've got it in my my tabs here um so november 2nd 1999 the number one mainstream rock song was uh was higher from september 25th until the end of the year damn yeah so we're we're talking months they also had what's this life for which was the last single off their first album was the number oh i'm sorry i read this wrong Exactly a year before. Oh. It, the, the way, looking the billboard up on Wikipedia, it makes it look like it all happens very recently because it only tells you when a number one song changes. Mm-hmm. So there are only, like, between What's This Life For? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are only nine songs that went to number one between... What's this life for and higher? Which is still pretty impressive considering they're coming from different albums. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember exact. Well, I can look it up. What's this life for? Um, was released as a single on June 9th, nineteen ninety eight. But I think my own prison. Yeah, it was a nineteen ninety seven album. So like they had singles coming from that album for a long time. Mm-hmm. They they must have had, I don't want to go through it right now, but again, we'll cover my own prison on the Patreon that we don't have yet. Um, <clears throat> I got some phlegm. I got phlegm. some. I got some throat clearing. Is that your name here. today, phlegm? <clears throat> phlegm? No, sir. Um, just because this is fun to look at, there are two bands that are objectively not. 90s bands that are still rocking number one mainstream rock singles in 1999. One is a song called Psycho Circus. Do you know that song, Sam? Kiss. It's by Kiss. (laughs) That's right. Psycho Circus by Kiss. That was actually the one that dethroned What's This Life For? (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, Then In Order, Fly Away, Lenny Kravitz, which would not be a terrible song for the Wet Bandits. Yeah, I was thinking that the other day. I'm like... That song's pretty grooving. Man. It is. It's really grooving. Um, uh, then after that is Turn the Page, from Metallica's version of oh, Turn yeah. the Page. Then What It's Like by Everlast. Do you know that song? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Heavy by Collective Soul, which is a nice like, riffy tune. Uh, Golden Corral. What's Golden Corral? The commercial. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. For some reason, yeah. I have heavy by Collective Soul. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot. I'm what like, a odd choice. I know, dude. Heavy is one of the like literally he- not li- literally is the wrong word I'm looking for, but it's kind of the right word. Yeah, musically speaking, it's one of the heaviest like the riff. riffs. Yeah, and like weird, like like Golden Corral or like <laughs> you know. First Credit Union yeah. Bank will like use it for their commercials. Uh-huh. I don't. There's something like non-threatening about Collective yeah. Soul, but like th- that riff is still heavy. It's like, ooh, Golden Corral is a good choice, but like subconsciously you're like hearing <laughs> yeah. heavy by Collective. Right. It's so that is bizarre. Yeah. The other band that's definitely not uh, didn't cut their teeth in the '90s that had a number one song is Def Leppard. Promises. Oh, I don't know that. Um, that came out right before Scar Tissue dethroned it for a couple months. Hmm. Um, oh God, I'm so silly. They have the number of weeks that it was number one, oh. like right there. And of course, uh, Heavy was number one for 15 weeks. 15. But Higher was 17, and that's not counting going. I don't think that counts that going, going into yeah. uh, 2000. Um, <clears throat> And then of the 90s songs, I'm just doing a quick scroll here. Quick scroll. This is great radio. Higher lasted longer than any other number one song. Ever? In the 90s. Oh. Uh, Interstate Love Song, 15 weeks. Just taking a quick quick glance. That's kind of weird. Like, it's really hard to get past 15. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of... Uh, Touch, Peel, and Stand by Days of the New, 16 weeks. That was a... When I was in high school, Mm -hmm. that song, when it came on the Blitz, was like, oh, hell yeah! Yeah. Um, So that... A very dark, uh, different song, like acoustic metal. Yeah, yeah. um, Acoustic riffage. I skipped one in there. I skipped Lit Up by Buck Cherry. Oh. Do you know that song? Probably. Do you? I'm going to play it for you. All right. Okay. 
listeners, do not tell anyone that I'm doing this. This is certainly a copyright. In fact, I'm probably going to cut a couple minutes of this out uh-huh. because this is certainly a copyright violation. But I want you to... I, we've talked about this before. This song rules. Is it 90s? Yeah. Oh. Okay, here goes. But the line is actually, tell me, are you fucking high? <laughs> like, you can kind of imagine that ruling, right? Dude, like, it would, right now, that, like, beginning of that second set is just going strong. I feel yeah. like if you just stack it in there, man. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Let's, um, that and fly away. Yeah, let's, there you go. Let's add them. All right. Because the other side, I don't think, is going well. You know what? Um, so if we haven't mentioned it before on any episode, we're playing Other Side from Red Hot Chili Peppers. And we played at a Park Street Tavern, which in Columbus is a, a venue that never is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what we play, they like it. We played it at a place in a suburb called The Barn. Yeah. And it is... It's one of our like home bases. Mm-hmm. Um, it went over fine there, right? I think it kind of we had a crowd up. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it dissipated a little bit. Yeah. But that's not really a fair. Last night was yeah. the perfect time to judge it. We had a big crowd at this mm-hmm. place called Fenders in another a different suburb, but um, Lewis Center for those in the Columbus area and. The crowd was great. It was really the perfect time to see if it worked. Yeah. And the problem was we had we have a new keyboard player and we had a sub playing bass. Mm. And the sub is like awesome. But Josh came in to, he started singing after the bridge too early and Bruce the sub on bass followed his chart. Oh. Did you notice that? So he didn't. When I went to the guitar solo, he mm. wasn't there yet. Yeah. And it, the thing about other side is the solo is the emotional like uh-huh. crescendo of the whole song. Yeah. So if that part doesn't go well, you lose quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It even threw me off. I didn't do my backup vocals correctly when I came in at the right time. But I, you know, you just kind of like I've said on the podcast, you're focused on focused on so many different things that like. Sometimes you lose track of one one of the five things you're trying to do at the same time, and I, and I just like forgot which part of the backup vocals I was in, and so I almost feel like that's not a fair. Mm. I heard people like yeah, excited pe- when it started. I think it's like, yeah, maybe we need to up the tempo a little bit more because like maybe the beginning's like a little too like for me anyway, but yeah. Yeah, we can try it, but um, I think it like it means a lot to a few people. Sure, kind of thing you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's not like a collective. Yeah, but which is cool. You know, we play like Space Hog and True. I actually was having that thought yesterday as as we had these people who I've seen before. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people that were at the gig last night. Thank you for coming. That not follow us, but like we know their faces now. Yeah, and yeah. we know their names mm-hmm. and we talk to them, and it's like. We, we've talked a lot about changing a lot of our set list. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are these people, are we going to be upsetting the people who have supported us the longest? Yeah. Um, I don't think we would be. I think like we would still be fun for them if yeah, we threw yeah. in no diggity. Yeah. But um, with that being said, um, th- there's my point is there's something to be said for playing songs for the few people who mm. are like yes please yeah but in fact one of those was a former guest of ours emily ponzio yeah. from the jagged little pill episode mm. who who outwardly hates red hot chili peppers but i saw her singing it yeah like at the very least uh-huh. she knows it yeah and that's that's really almost more important uh-huh. i'm the same way when i see live bands with groups of people if i'm by myself and they're playing a bunch of like 
crap I don't care for, I'll leave. But if mm. I'm in a group, all I care about really is that we know this song. Yeah. You know, um, which isn't that hard to do for somebody who plays in a band. But you get you get what I'm saying. Mm. So anyway, we haven't even gotten to uh, the number one album, yeah. <laughs> November 2nd, yeah. 1999. As often happens, we find that the number one song on the Billboard chart and the number one album go together and Santana's Supernatural was the number oh, one. Does Rob Thomas um, feature in any other songs on that album? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. But case in point to what I was saying earlier about like kind of being surprised that that song was so popular mm. because that that is a chart that I think is driven by young people, mm. right? But I didn't own Supernatural, but my dad did. Oh, huh. <laughs> You know, like my dad was into that Santana yeah. album, but I was not. Huh. So... Um, there were other hits off of that album, mm-hmm. like uh, Maria Maria. I'm not sure. But I don't know much Santana. Yeah, I don't really either. I the more the older Santana gets, the less interested I am in uh, because his Star Spangled Banners at the NBA Finals are so awful, so awful. Why um, is it bad as like a guitar player, like? You looking at that? He's just playing poorly. Oh, like his technique. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, he's just maybe it's just like maybe it's more sad than bad. Like, mm. like he forgets parts. Oh. Or actually, I think I shouldn't say this without going back and confirming for myself. But I think he like played an extra verse the last time he did it, and like. One time he had his bass player, I think, play it with him. And, like, without a beat, those two trying to play together was awful. And then one other time he had his drummer, who I think is his wife, Hmm. play. And it was also bad. Like, the arrangement is bad. But, like, Metallica did it, too. And it was great. Yeah. By comparison, anyway. (laughs) Um, I've seen Alice in Chains do it. Oh, really? And they pull it off. Um, Like, like what, what was their arrangement more similar to metallica just like two yeah two guys i i think they were i think it was bass player and jerry Hmm. Kintro. but Mm. i say take a swig a sweet swiggity doo-ha yeah if we had a producer that would get cut out but since we don't (laughs) you're gonna hear me take a chug of my venti chai latte let's get to it (laughs) i don't even know if i said the album name November 2nd, 1999 is Foo Fighters' There Is Nothing Left to Lose. So their third album. I'm going to say something here. If you've made it this far, I had a friend of mine who listens to the podcast Uh say, I'm really excited for, you know, I realized after listening to the Foo Fighters self-titled album that maybe I don't listen to these guys as much as I thought. And, you know, I'm excited to hear the second album. I was like, hey, man, we've already done it. Mm -hmm. It's not getting released. That's the second episode we ever did. Uh, serendipitously, Sam was not an official co-host at the time, but he guest hosted. Yeah. So our second episode, search for it if you haven't downloaded it already. Second episode ever of the Wet Bandits podcast is The Color and the Shape. We recorded it at Signatures in Gehanna. Uh, the production value is pr- probably poor compared to this. Hopefully poor, honestly, compared to that. Hopefully we've improved something. Um, we were still getting our feet wet a little bit. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Kevin talked a little bit about it on the last episode because we wanted to get his thoughts since we didn't have them the first time. Kevin Brennan from The Fair Weathered. Um, I don't know if you want to... I don't really have anything additional to say about the color and the shape. Um, I other, will, oh, go ahead. Other than, for me... Um, I think I preferred it at the time. I think I preferred it oh. to Foo Fighters mm-hmm. self-titled, but it still to me was not a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing is I'm sa- I'm setting it up that that there's nothing left to lose is kind of like a pivotal point in Foo Fighters for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So what what were you going to say? Oh, that the color and the shapes like honestly one of my least favorite Foo Fighters albums. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Um so as I just said, uh, the, there's nothing left to lose is kind of pivotal for me. There was a little less excitement 
What are you laughing about? <laughs> there was a little less, ex- less excitement for me. Um, I remember the video for Monkey Wrench coming out with the color and the shape and being like, oh, yeah, here's a second try from Foo Fighters. Because I didn't, there was a lot of anticipation for the self-titled one. And then it was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like, in fact, I like it more now than I did then. Um, the color and the shape, you've got Everlong, which was huge. You've got a Monkey Wrench, which was big. Hey, Johnny Park, we both like as a song that w- wasn't a single. Um, so th- there's some like February stars and Walking After You became, I, I, uh, which one became the single? Walking After yeah. You was the single because mm-hmm. it was on like a movie soundtrack that, yeah. or something. Um, so there's like, you know, you've got a lot of things going for it, but like it didn't get a lot of play in my CD player. So there's nothing left to lose was like... And this is when Taylor Hawkins got in the mix. Right, right. He did half of like the tracks or something like that. Yeah. Um, Which I didn't know. I thought he did them all. Me too. Uh, did how, how, You're talking about on this album he did half of them, right? Yeah, no, there's nothing left to lose. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you know offhand which ones are which? He did break out, I think, M.I.A., okay. Aurora. So Dave Grohl must have been... Doing like stacked actors, right? Learn, learn. Is it learn to fly or learning to fly? Yeah, that's funny. I it's learn to fly. I I always thought that when we played learning to fly from Tom Petty, we were you know could have been playing yeah learning to fly the Foo Fighters song, but it is not learning to fly. It's learn to fly, which makes sense if you think of the lyrics. So, um, so yeah, um, do you? Was it kind of similar? Well, you were still young when this came out. This wasn't... You probably listened to this long after its release date, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, let's get to it. Yeah. Uh, You mentioned stacked actors. So the first... uh, I'm imagining or remembering putting this in my CD player, and this is the first song we hear. This is Stacked Actors. Turning it down a little bit so we don't get flagged for copyright. So, okay, promising intro. And then it gets to this, like, quietish like verse. You like this part? It's kind of like Latin. You know what I it mean? It is. It has this, like, weird... Yeah. Um, yes, a little bit. It's also... Th- without trying to overanalyze, like, this specific song, but there's a... This is kind of like the Foo Fighters MO. You know, it's kind grunge got labeled as the, you know, loud soft, loud soft mm. like the, and that's what they do. And I think that's an oversimplification. But a lot of Foo Fighters songs are like the cleanest guitar tone followed by like the heaviest yeah. choruses. Speaking of the heaviest choruses. So, at the time, I could really get on board with this song. Yeah. Even though I don't love this verse, I could still get on board with this chorus is good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Stacked Actors is, at the time, probably the only song on here that I cared to go back and listen to. Ever. Oh, really? I, not to like give everything away, but mm. I probably listened to this album all the way through three times and decided I didn't really care for Foo Fighters after that. What do you think about it now? It has aged like a fine wine a little bit. Yeah? Uh, not a fine wine. Mm-hmm. It has aged like a wine is supposed to age and <laughs> that it's gotten better. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's still not, in my opinion, it's still not an A-plus like masterpiece, uh-huh. but we're going to talk about it, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Stacked Actors is a thumbs up yep. for me. Yep. Um, the second song is Breakout, 
which I'm less enthusiastic about. It definitely feels like it's towards like a younger audience. Yeah. You know, not, not just because the words are breakout, but like the chorus is kind of reminds me of like a. No, I don't. I don't want to say Smash Mouth, but like. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> but like, like, like you know what I'm saying. We're gonna tag Smash Mouth on this and crap on them, and they're gonna probably respond because that's what Smash Mouth does. They, really? Yeah, they. That's the thing. Like Smash Mouth kind of gets made fun of because people make fun of them in their mentions, and uh. then like Smash Mouth will like reply and like try to defend themselves. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Smash Mouth eat shit. Come on the podcast, though. Yeah, come on the podcast. We'd love to have you. Um, I kind of enjoy the chorus part we just heard, like the "I don't want to look like that." Where he like, yeah. uh, Dave or Taylor? Who you said Taylor yeah, plays, plays drums, drums on this yeah. one? I'll I'll boost the volume again when it gets to that I do part. Like that where he switches to the bell, uh-huh. right? Like that's cool. That, that's his thing. Is it? In a lot of songs, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love it when drummers do that because it has so much more of a like flow. Uh-huh. It's like telling the audience, like you're supposed to feel like carefree and dancing uh-huh. in this part. Yeah. And I like how it switches so quickly back and forth in the chorus. Mm-hmm. Like That adds some nice flavor, which you don't, in my opinion, you don't get in a lot of Foo like, Fighters songs. Like we'll talk about it later, but uh, all my life he does that. Yeah. You know? Yep. We are going to talk a lot about one by one yeah um so i had to take a glance at the timer real quick so here comes the chorus again so that now he's on the bell or the ride switches switches to the hi-hat there for people who play drums ride So anyway, that's they, what I like. They is play the, the song kind of often live. It's like kind of like a hidden gem in a way. Okay. I mean, I could kind of see that, I yeah. guess. Um, that, that's the thing about... And that's where I'll cut Foo Fighters a lot a, a break a little bit. I've never seen Foo Fighters live, but I've seen Silver Sun Pickups a few times who are not the same band. Yeah. In fact, I think Silver Sun Pickups compare very similarly to Smashing Pumpkins, yeah. which is a different conversation, mm-hmm. but... Um, Silver Sun Pickups albums sound a lot more like almost like dance-ish, dance beat, like synth pop mm. um, or synth rock, I should say, and and like drum machines and stuff and samples. Like there's a lot of like you think computer stuff happening that's making those CDs or albums. But then you see them live and like they rock harder because they're oh, actually like yeah. taking the song and making mm-hmm. it like this live. is a guitar, bass, drums song. Yeah. And I get a lot of that with Foo Fighters too, even though they're more analog mm-hmm. um, as we get into Learn to Fly. Um, even though they're more analog, I think a lot of their songs probably translate better live or would for me. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so Learn to Fly was the first single and brought them back. I mean, Everlong was a funny music video. You had like the inflatable hand uh-huh. and all that. Like that was funny, but um, this was another like huge, oh, it's a funny music video because they dress like women. Jack Black and Cage are in it. Yeah, that's right. JB and Cage. Yep. I, I, I do wonder sometimes, I haven't watched the video. I wonder if that holds up. I'm sure there are people who would find it problematic that it's supposed to be funny that Taylor and uh, Dave Grohl dress like ladies yeah, in this. Yeah. But, but if you don't remember, this is the song. like a well-written song you know i do too but i just if you couldn't hear sam said that um this is he thinks this is a well-written song i do too i don't care for it at all yeah i could never hear this song again and be okay with i mean you can just like it has everything you need it has like the hook the melody you know the beat the beat's kind of unique it has like that tambourine yeah I will say, if you if we were to play this song and do it live, the, we'd totally lose the audience at the verse. You think the, so? The, the, 
drum part does not lend itself to like dancing oh, yeah. at all. It's kind of like jagged. Yeah, it's very jet. That's the best way to describe it. It's this jagged drum part. It's not bad. It yeah. fits. Um, but it's this song for me is just like a C plus single. But it is paradoxically well written. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I agree with you there. Um, the fourth song is "Gimme Stitches." You like Gimme Stitches? Yeah. I do, I do too. This you know, certain out al- every album I think there are certain songs that I remember first for mm. some reason. Like with Weezer's Blue album, the first song I think of is No One Else, I don't which know we'll get yeah. to. It's not a single, but we'll get to it when we cover that album. But like for some reason I think of Gimme Stitches when I think of this album, even though Stacked Actors is the one that I really like. Um I, this is a nice, like, little catchy chorus. Yeah. Um, it, which we're about to get to, so I'll turn it up a little bit. So, th- I think where this song could have been great, and they they just missed a little bit is that chorus just needs a little bit more layering and musically it's it's something they do and we'll talk about it in uh times like these which takes that song to valhalla you know sweet um yeah we'll talk about that when we get to it the fifth song was a single it was the uh it was the third single after stacked actors and learn to fly this is generator So to me, this song is, I bought a talk box and I want to write a song with it. Yeah. <laughs> that prob- They were probably like experimenting with it. Yeah. This, this starts for me um, a love-hate, mostly hate thing with some Foo Fighters songs that, like, this like little, the talk box like hook is so like, you said earlier that Breakout was kind of like a song for young people. Mm. This song, to me, sounds like it was written for a kid's show. Oh. Like, it does not rock. That hook does not rock. And I understand that you don't have to be angry to rock. And right. that seems yeah. to be a lot of the Foo Fighters' like thing is like, they just love to rock. Uh-huh. But again, the paradox for me with some Foo Fighters stuff is like, the heart of rock is like rebellion. Yeah. You know, right. there it, and there has to be like a hint uh-huh. of animosity or something. Yeah. Whether the song's happy or not, it has to come from in my opinion, it has to feel like it's coming from a place of like a disagreement on some level. Like whether I don't know. There a lot of Foo Fighters hooks to me are just like like happy little Roses, melodies the, yeah you know what i mean like that raw power right now i love weezer and weezer does a lot of that like same thing but well here's a here's another oh, sorry if i interrupt. no no but like dave Grohl's comfortable you know he's not like living in somebody's basement at this point that's super true have we talked about this I don't before think so. that's so true yeah that uh and I've heard the same, a similar argument from M. Night Shyamalan, the director, that, like, you know, he has the sixth sense and unbreakable mm. and signs, which are, like, pretty big, well, actually, enormous hits. Yeah. You know, some people will argue that some of them are better than others, but, like, what they don't argue is that most people feel like his later movies got significantly worse. And he says, 
there's something about making a movie when you can fail and still be okay. Mm-hmm. Like you don't you don't take the same risks to make yeah. something great. You make the safe thing. And so his last couple movies, The Visit and another one, he financed with all his own money. Um, which, you know, he was still going to end up being rich, but there's still like an elevated level of stakes for yeah. him. And yes, so I'm equating those as being a similar thing. Like Comfortable Dave Grohl is writing like happy songs like mm. this. I guess I'd rather hear Weezer do this song, maybe, is kind of <laughs> what I mean. Um, to Dude, Weezer can rock, though. I know they can. Yeah. They can. Um, and we're going to end up going straight into Aurora here. This is one of my favorite songs. It's a good song. Yeah. Um, I think that one, another thing that Foo Fighters and probably Dave Grohl suffer from is, and I was gonna, I'll probably mention this again in the one by... Uh, one episode is I equate Dave Grohl a little bit to like a not great sports coach, right? A lot of times in football, when a new coach comes in and has success or does not, talking heads will attribute that success or lack of success to their ability to cater their style to the players they have, right? Mm. Like, you know, if you have Lamar Jackson, a running quarterback for the Ravens, and you make him into a pocket passer, you are taking away the things he does well, and your team's probably not as good. So this year, we're in the year 2019, soon to be... 2020. 2020 in no matter of minutes, people. Um, it, it, you, you're limiting... It, it, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. But you get the point I was making was that you got to cater your offense in football to the, to the abilities of the players you yeah. have. A lot of songs that I think the Foo Fighters record sound like they could be done better by different bands with different personnel because some of the songs Foo Fighters do really work. Yeah. And just a lot of them for me don't. Like I think I think you know as we'll get to the end here Mm-hmm. We'll see the evolution because sure. you know, it starts with like heavy hitting Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins is a completely different drummer in my opinion. You know, yeah, he's like I don't want to say thin, but like he's more technical. dude, so thin. You, like like you know what I mean. I was thinking the same thing. And but like later he develops that thickness, which is and his like technical ability, it like is rocking. Okay, like once we get the like wasting light, that's good because I once. I mean, spoiler alert, but I did end up, even though I said that this kind of ruined Foo Fighters for me, this album, I did end up buying one by one. But after that, I've never owned a Foo Fighters uh-huh. album. So um, I want to play it. Audience hasn't gotten a refresher on Aurora real quick. Good chorus. Yeah, this is this is playing to this Dave Grohl's vocal strength. Mm. He's a good screamer too, mm. but uh, this just this suits them. Yeah, I, I don't think Generator suits them very well, even though it was a single. Oh, I didn't realize Breakout was a single too. Breakout was the fourth single. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, the next song is Live in Skin. Good riff here.
You like live-in skin? Yeah. I'm okay with it, too. And I realized as I'm listening to this that I'm really crapping on all these. But I don't intend to. I'm going to crap on a lot of Foo Fighters stuff, even though generally I like it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. What, I think what it is is like when you're disappointed in your child and <laughs> you maybe come <laughs> off a little. Or, or again, going back to the coaching thing. You know, you're your kid's baseball coach, and you probably treat them harsher than any other player on the team. It's like you want them to be so, you want them to be better, and they're so close. Like, I just wish Foo Fighters did a little tweaking, and I feel like I'd love them. Maybe as a guitar player, I miss guitar solos. They don't Uh, do guitar solos at all. No. And on some level, I respect that. Yeah. But on another level, they don't replace that with. I think they're not good at writing bridges. Like their bridges are often really like elementary and sort of uninteresting to me. And I think if you don't have something different, like a different stimulus in the song, it's a little bit one note hmm. to, you know, pardon the pun, I guess. But, but I think a, like they're just not taking it seriously. They're not like, well, just that vibe. You're, you know, it's like they're just kind of like, Let's write a good song. Let's not like tear it apart. And that's an uh, that's a rock like I I'm here complaining about how they don't have enough rebellion and and really I'm full of shit because all they're doing is writing music that they like yeah. and that they think rocks and that should be all that matters. Yeah. What I'm saying is there's a reason it doesn't resonate with me and maybe that's it. I don't know. Um Got anything else about Living Skin? The next song's uh, Next Year, which was the final single. And this is, I guess, the token um, Foo Fighters, quote-unquote, really soft song. This one even has some dynamics to it. You know, on uh, uh, Foo Fighters, the self-title didn't really have a soft, really soft ballad, but... Uh, but uh, the color and the shape did. You yeah. know, walking after you never really picks up. Um, and uh, there's one on one by one that we'll get to. And they they kind of do some songs that are really stripped down from time to time. And I think this is the version of that type of song on this album. You like this one? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a, a pretty song. You know what I'm saying? I drowned you out so the audience could listen a bit. Um, or were you really just blocking out your stuff? Yeah, I just didn't want to hear your shit. <laughs> um, I like this song. Yeah. It's okay. This album has like a straight up like hit hard, then it gets quiet. Like, yeah. After, which I kind of like and I kind of don't. Yeah. It doesn't, for me, it doesn't have a lot of identity either. Which actually I think is a problem for me with Foo Fighters in general. I cannot for the life of me remember any of the names of their songs. Which is something that... I mean, neither can I. Like, I listened... Well, I'll say it again, I'm sure. One by one, I have scratches on that CD just from how much I listened to it. Like, you're wearing out the CD. And I don't know the names of the Uh songs. Which I know the names of songs. Like... Like most albums, I can run through the track list without yeah. looking at it, but not the Foo Fighters. It's like they're unidentifiable to me. Indistinguishable is the word I wanted to look for. Well, that may have been the vibe because that's like what the same, naturally, like that's the same way I listen to the Chili Peppers. Sure. You know what I mean? I wonder mm-hmm. if that was like. True. And and I expect that with albums I'm not as familiar with. Uh-huh. You know, like, I can't go back and be like, what are the names of every song on The Getaway? Because, like, I've listened to The Getaway only enough times to do yeah. a podcast episode about it. But I can run through the track list of Californication mm-hmm. and Stadium Arcadium oh, without yeah. looking, you know? Um, anyway, next, Headwires. I forgot about this one. You forgot about it until just now? Yeah. Okay. What do you think about this guitar tone? Do you like that kind of effect or it's whatever. There are a lot of their guitar this effects is what it are sounds like to me whatever. Is like 
some girls like the guitar on that album. I don't by, know by that the album. Stones. Oh oh oh, kinda. I, it kind of has that like that springy sound. Yeah, um, yeah, like a tape delay kind of yeah. like warble. Yeah, you know. Um. So I do have something to say about this song, and you're gonna hear it. What did you say as I increased the volume? The bell? No. The chorus. Do you like it? Yeah. Um, there is, and I meant I didn't, confession. Um, I don't know if the chorus is actually a key change or what, um, but when they come in with that chorus, there is, they don't do that feel enough where like the, um, it, it sounds like the first chord of the chorus is actually like the two chord of the song, but it's not, Hmm. um, it, I, I'm not. I'm going to stutter my way through trying to explain the music theory here, and it's not going to be I done see what well. You're it di- right. It it feels unresolved, but actually that is the key of the yeah. chorus. And the co- the chorus in this song is so strong. The lyrics, like Dave Grohl's strength, is not lyrics. And we've already talked about how he usually writes the music and mm. then throws the lyrics together at the last second. I don't mean to say he doesn't work hard on them, but like that's his lowest priority probably, yeah. with the exception of maybe one by one, um, at least of the albums I'm familiar with. But like, uh, is he saying better or bigger than I a bullet? No idea. Let's say he's saying better, mm. right? Um, the the alliteration of better and bullet and the way that the cadence of his lyrics works with the chorus where it's like boom boom better than a bullet being yeah. and being like that line works mm. so well that just like that makes this song period like it's so strong just because of that um it's like it makes me wish the verse was a little better yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he's a drummer, man. He like makes all that. Dude, last episode when Kevin said that he wrote the the self titled album like where all the drums were hooks, uh-huh. that was so on point. Yeah, he does write songs th- from a drummer's perspective. Yeah, which as someone who loves drums, even though I don't play them, I think that would like really cater to me. Mm-hmm. But it there it, there are definitely a lot of misses for me. Um, Ain't It The Life is the next song. Maybe this is the really soft one. Yeah, I think... This is, the, this is even softer than next year. songs that are like really quiet but they're like straightforward. Yeah. You, like they're not like floaty. They like kind of cut through. Yeah. Do you mean floaty the song? No. Flo- no. Like <laughs> but um psh. Yeah. But not like um This is a good line too. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when he's like try living a uh-huh. life give it, That's a good line. Anyways, continue. Oh, it's just like let her cry. It's kind of floaty. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this is a like closed hi hat. Yeah. Down the mid- I like that. It it works sometimes better than other times. Like, I'm okay with this song, um, but I don't really care for Walking After You. Like, that song bores me, but it's the same idea. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess maybe subconsciously I w- wonder if this gets a little formulaic, which is another word I used a lot from the last Foo Fighters episode, where it's like, you just feel like Dave Grohl's doing it when he's writing this song, it's like, well, now I'm supposed to do this. Mm. Now I'm supposed to repeat this chorus twice. 
you know, I can't do anything creative with it, like do it one and a half times or whatever. Um, And so, I don't know. That's where it loses me sometimes. Like, even the fact that we have these, like, three or four, depending on how you look at it, softer songs that, like, it's just clean, undistorted guitar tones. Mm -hmm. Like, I... And I understand for people who don't play guitar, like, they might not... I'm not trying to make this a difficult listen. But you can change the color and the flavor of a song a lot by just changing your guitar tone a little bit. Oh, and yeah. and Dave Grohl is strictly plug a guitar into uh, an amp and turn up the volume to like three and record that. You know, there's no like push from the amplifier. There's no like resonation. There's no like rumble from anything. Mm-hmm. It's just as clean as could be, which if you're going to do that on one or two songs, like fine. But like, on some other songs, like, flavor it a little bit. Yeah. What I think is cool, like, Led Zeppelin, for example, like, Jimmy Page, you know, so, like, you had, like, less um, technology, you know? Yeah. So, like, in this whatever, 70s, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he would crank the amp, but then, like, lower the volume on the record. So, like, you get that, like, texture. Yeah. You know, which I think is cool. Exactly. That's the creativity and, like, the yeah. attention to detail that I think you need to make something maybe that's not actually rebellious mm. sound a little rebellious. Yeah. I do think Led Zeppelin had an air of rebelliousness yeah. to them. But, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, Foo Fighters could do that and give the impression uh-huh. of trying to do something a little different. Um Last song on the album is M.I.A., which is not their typical closer. It's not like a monster ballad yeah. like some of their other ones are. But this song's cool. I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. I really do have a knack for just like finding the exact, guessing the exact spot I want to go to. MIA is cool. Mm. It's fine. You know, oh, I was trying not to use fine to describe yep, fine, the song. Fine. That's fine. fine. Um, I don't know. You got anything to say about it? No. Yeah. It's kind of like rock. Yeah. Symbols. Yeah. Um, Mid tempo. Um, so it's, um, you know, I like to have the song played in the background, but I think we've said all we're going to say about this yeah. one. Um, Again, I, I kind of want to say that I really, really feel like I'm dumping on this a little bit, but I don't intend, I, I do intend to, there's a lot to criticize, but generally I think the album is okay and I prefer it now to when I did in 99. Like, I actually probably give this album like a solid gentleman's B, you know, three and a half stars would listen again. Mm-hmm. I mean, wait a minute, five stars, because five stars <laughs> yeah, only, but right. would listen again, not that often. But, <laughs> but you know, I enjoyed it. I, enjo- I listened to it on runs. I listened to it, like, just uh, sitting around so I could make notes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it wasn't a struggle to listen to it. It's just, it doesn't leave a great impression on me. Do you have anything to say about it? Because we are nearing 2020. Oh, boy. All right? We have a minute 20, approximately. So I think it's time now. I mean, I didn't have any resolutions prepared other than, yeah, I'm going to stop saying songs are fine so much. Do you have any podcast resolutions? Dude, that we just rule the world. Yeah, I'm going to resolve to continue to screw up the beginning so that we have that recorded. And, you know, I'm going to resolve to not find a a music program that will just play right away. There's Dude, always going to be delay and we're we always going to have to start over. Sorry, have, have we been doing this for a full year? Mm, not yet. Okay. We're very close. Yeah. Very close. Um, we thank all our listeners and our fandits that come see the band for a great 2019. Here's to a lovely 2020. We are down. I feel like Dick Clark. We are down to 20 <laughs> seconds. I mean, 23 seconds. Oh, boy. 
This is the part where it's awkward because you want to time everything right, so you don't want to say too much, but you don't want to say nothing because that's dead air time. Here we go. Ten, nine, eight, don't even think seven, <laughs> six, five, four, three, two, one. The ball has dropped. What's the New Year's that's song? That's me popping streamers. Pop, 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 pop. Oh, welcome to 2020. Oh, 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 Carson Daly's hugging Madonna or whoever, whoever the guest <laughs> yeah. is. Uh, oh, what a oh, kiss. I can't kiss you, Sam. I mean, I could. Kiss but me not. and hold me. Kiss me and hold me. Oh, oh here we go. What is this? Oh, hold on. Fast forward. Oh, son of a, what a terrible way to start the new year. Dude. I was trying to find, like, you know, the the traditional, uh, this is the right song, but it's like this Irish version. <laughs> oh, man. How about this one? There oh, we yeah. go. <laughs> Dude, let's do all these shots that are in front of us right now. Oh my god. The, the people on YouTube are like, there are no shots. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you hear me that say, don't even think about it, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right. Here's to a new year. Dude, are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. You. What a new year means for the Wet Bandits is I write them an email that's like the length of a sh small novel. Yeah. And I, I tell like them it. how much money we made <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what we're going to do different next year. Um, so get ready for that. Yeah. Um, get wet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not done yet. Uh, it would have been nice if we could have ended the episode just like that, but we can't because we still have to do Cover Cut Hidden Gem. Oh. Are you right? Do you need to look first, at the track list or something? First, <laughs> hidden cut, whatever. What am I saying? Cover. Yeah. Covers first. Of these songs, of what would you cover? 2020, dude. Oh, first cover cut hidden gem of yeah. 2020? Yeah, here we go. Help um, me, please. <laughs> Do you say hold me? <laughs> I said help me, please. Oh. <laughs> um, I'll go first. If I was going to cover one of these, it would definitely be Stacked Actors. Yeah, same. Okay. Um, for it, it rocks the most. It was a single. Learning to fly, I don't think works for us at a live show. Um, cut. Ooh. Probably the last song. Really, MIA. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. Just like plain. Yeah, I think I think I'd cut Generator actually though. Yeah. Even though it's a single, it I think yeah. it's super. I feel lame. like it's part of the album though. Yeah. I could see that, but I get your point. And I'm a big fan of like making the album as cohesive as possible. Mm -hmm. And but I don't find MIA flat out lame. I find generator like flat out lame. Oh yeah. So I'm cutting generator. Hidden gem. The singles off this album, to refresh your memory, so you can't choose it as a hidden gem. Learn to fly, stacked actors, generator. Dude, do you lie? Yeah. I forgot to ask about Do You Lie. Oh. No. This is a bit we do. Maybe we do ruined the first bit of 2020. Do you lie? Um, yeah. Sometimes. Okay, yeah. Uh, today, I actually wanted to vent to you, but I was being polite. Nuh-uh. <laughs> dude, I picked up. I would have gotten you. I'm just playing, you. dude. But that's the kind of thing we lie <laughs> yeah. about, you know, yeah. little bitty things like yeah. that. Um, Let's see. What do I lie about this week? I'm not prepared for a do you lie either. What a bad bit. What a bad yeah, bit that we're not I, even ready for. I feel like for. we need to build it up. Like, yeah. Every, like we need Look, to we're skipping do you lie this week. Send us your do you lies, people. Dude, I just really wanted a grande. I was just kidding. Okay. But that's an example. Yeah, that, that's a perfect example coffee, of a hashtag. You're welcome. You are welcome. All right? I, yeah. Yeah, that is the things that you lie about. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Um, anyway, <laughs> the singles <laughs> from this album are Learn to Fly, Stacked Actors, Generator, Breakout, and Next Year. So you have to pick something other than those. Do you want me to go first? I like um, Ain't, Ain't It the Life. Ain't It the Life. Yep. Yeah. That's a nice little mm-hmm. ditty, but my hidden gem, you could probably tell because it was the one I was most oh, excited yeah. about is Headwires. Yeah. That chorus rules. Um, that's probably now going back. That's probably my favorite song, even though I think the verse tones in the guitar are sort of lame. Yeah. So that's going to cover it for us, I think. Um, thanks, everyone, for making 2019 an awesome Wet Bandits here both in live music and on the podcast. We look forward to 2020. Uh, Dude, I'm going to spread this around. Bu- bucket on my head just so I start out 2020 being wet. Oh, dude, that's the best way to start it. Yeah. Make sure you all get wet. Get wet. Two young boys go into the liquor store where they sold their souls. Story.